Hello and welcome back to The Hayley Lloyd Show. I have another interview for you guys today and this one is not one to be missed. We are talking about a taboo topic that just three years ago would have made me quiver to even have this conversation. I couldn't even utter some of these words that we're going to be discussing and I'm now sat here having a podcast conversation about it. So I'm really, really excited. Stephanie J is an erotic alchemist and she provides sex magic for entrepreneurs. And her magic really comes into understanding how pleasure and sex go into manifestation, go into our business and our ability to build things. So in this episode, you are going to hear all about her authority, her feminine authority, and how she combines her love of business and building with eroticism and pleasure and sex. We're going to have a really juicy conversation in here. And so I'm so excited to dive into it with you. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to The Hayley Lloyd Show. You will have just heard the introduction that I just did for the lovely Stephanie and I am so excited to dive into this episode with you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited for this conversation. Me too. And you have just had a 90 minute traffic kerfuffle to get here. I so. will never live in LA ever. <laughs> this traffic is not my jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So glad to have you here and your butt's in the chair and we are going to get to jam on all the things. Mm -hmm. um, we both have ADHD, so we're like, we're going to be pinging, we're going to be ponging, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Maybe like low-key interrupting each other, but we're going to love it. It's yeah. going to be amazing. So like, listener beware. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> trying to keep up. Just trying to keep up. I love it. Okay, first question that I want to ask you is, what is your authority? I'm an authority in the realm of sexual and erotic empowerment. Mm, okay, can you explain what that means? It means so many things, but at the end of the day, for me, what this means is working with our sexual energy as a means of self-healing, starting off, and then once we're healed, using it as a means of self-expression, self-expansion, magnetism, and really just becoming the version of you that you came on this planet to be. Mm. So many of us are walking around with these like jackets and layers of clothing that other people our society, our parents, our caregivers, our teachers have put on us. And we're not being the soul's version of us. We are not ourselves. Yeah. And the more we work into our sexual energy, I, it just wants you to be yourself. It's evolutionary energy. It's creative life force energy. And that shit will burn everything away that is not in your highest good. So it's really, really powerful to work with from a transformative perspective. Mm. This is a topic that I'm particularly interested in, mm -hmm. um, as you know, because healing my sexual wounds and healing from sexual trauma, it has really suppressed a lot of that. And it's something that I'm still on a real healing journey. And mm -hmm. I was saying in the introduction, like, there was a period three years ago where I couldn't even say the word pussy mm -hmm. without my whole body being like, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> no get that word away from me. Yep. And I just felt dirty and like horrible. Like I, I was like just completely detached from all of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you speak on a topic that you are so deeply embodied in. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of potentially my listeners, 
haven't heard as many honest conversations about this topic as we're going to go into today. So I think you're like the perfect person to bring this healing and magic on. Amazing. But I'd really love to know like how you got into this. Like how did this become your authority? Yeah, and it, it's a bit of a journey. So the short or the beginning really is I have always as a kid had an interest in sex. Like this is just something that was really truly in me and how I know it's the thing that I'm really meant to work with because it's it's literally in me. I mean, even from a young age, I was so curious about sex. I was reading like Cosmos at age eight. Now kids are watching porn at age eight. Don't even get me started on the porn topic or maybe we will, but we'll save <laughs> we'll that for down. later. <laughs> we'll <get> there. <laughs> We're getting there, but we'll do that one later. Um, and that's I mean, that's not a great place to learn. But I was even reading for those of you that are familiar with Flowers in the Attic, which is basically a book series about like incest essentially mm. it's not clean sex i read that at age 11 i was just so curious wow. by 19 i was selling sex toys and running a multi six-figure business selling sex toys winning a bunch of awards it was with a company at the time it was called passion parties it's now still around and i highly recommend them it's called true romance this was quite a while ago but they're still here mm. and that's your company your old company that no, you sold it was mlm style oh okay right yeah yep. which was amazing to learn the ins and outs of business as a 19 year old way better than my business degree i learned way more with that it was incredible yeah and then, you know, I got busy. I got, I was doing university. I was doing my first degree in university and I was working full-time corporate job and doing this. And I was DJing because I love doing a lot of different things. And I was getting a little overwhelmed. So I went to my parents and I said, hey, parents, like what, what would you do? And I know now not to take advice from people that are living in a way that I do not choose to live my life. Mm. I love my parents. However, uh, the advice they gave me was, Quit all the bullshit and get your take like take your real job in your university career seriously. Wow. Yep. Right. And I'm sure <laughs> many one. people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and I listened. I don't know why I never listened to anything else they fucking said. But in this case, I yeah. decided to listen. And so I took a break really for about 10 years. And in those 10 years, I got so into my masculine, so shut down in my body. I know you speak a lot about what corporate does to being safe or not in your feminine energy. And that really was my journey from really 23 until about 29, so a little bit less than 10 years, mm -hmm. until Tantra really saved my life. I was in a space where I had everything perfect on the outside, and I know this is something that you speak about as well quite a bit, so I'm really excited that there's so much resonance here. I had the, you know, four-story dream condo and the perfect dreamboat fiancé and the six-figure corporate career and the two cats and all the travel and everything that everyone could ever want, and I was dying inside. Mm. There was something in me that just didn't, it knew this wasn't what I was here for. Like it was cool, but kind of boring. And it just didn't feel like me. And my wake up call came when I got home from a work trip and my fiance was overdosing on my kitchen floor. Mm. He had been hiding a really severe cocaine addiction from me. And when I say hiding, I mean, obviously, I just didn't want to see it. Like, you know, once I saw him ODing, all the things connected and like the rose colored glasses got slapped off my face. Mm. And this really brought me into a period of really like a dark night of the soul where I was reevaluating everything. All of a sudden, my relationship fell apart. I went into depression, uh, PTSD, acute anxiety disorder because everything just crumbled. Like I lost I almost lost my job. All of my savings had basically gone up of his up his nose. My student loan just got destroyed. I ended up in more than $100,000 worth of debt in the span of only a few months, just trying to balance everything. And he couldn't work. And things got really, really hairy. I lost a lot of friends. My family was mad because they, they thought I'd been lying to them. when I, I said, they're like, how could you not know? So you must have been lying, right? Mm -hmm. Which is fair. 
And after separating and just staying now in this tiny apartment that was about the size of the studio, to be honest, and I had been in this huge space, I was crying to myself one night and really in my victim and really feeling like the universe had fucked me over. And after a couple of bottles of wine, I'll admit, (laughs) I uh, screamed at the universe, like, there has to be something else. There must be a different game. Because I played this game full out. I did everything right. And in doing everything right, it all, I got rug pulled, right? Everything got pulled out from underneath me. And it wasn't even my fault because, again, I was very in my victim at that Mm -hmm. point in my life. Everything just got pulled away. So there has to be another game. Tell me what the other game is and I will play it full out. But I'm not fucking available for this game anymore. Yeah. Fell asleep. Next morning, there's a knock at my door. And nobody even knows where I live because nobody knows I'm not living with my now ex-fiance. But at the time, my fiance that we're supposed to be marrying in three months. <laughs> so I don't understand how there's a knock at my door. But OK, interesting. I go and there's a woman there that I had met one previous time at, at a spiritual event. And I was like, what is this, this spirituality? This is weird. I don't like this. So I had actually left early. And all of a sudden, this woman is standing at my door with a, like a beautiful little gift bag. And I opened the door looking like complete and total crap, as one does when they've fallen asleep after drinking two bottles of wine and crying themselves to sleep. We all know that one. (laughs) Yeah. Not my best moment. And she looked at me with so much love in her eyes, just this most beautiful smile. And she handed me this gift bag. And she just looked at me and said, I heard you needed this. Mm. And when I opened the gift bag, there was my first ever tarot deck. And I get, like, teary-eyed thinking about this because it was so transformative in my life and a book about Tantra. Wow. I have not seen that woman since. Ugh. (laughs) I know. (laughs) This just, like, blows my mind. I just... Total gift. Like, it's inexplicable, you know? There's... Because of the inexplicability of it, that was what really got me. Like, there was no way that that wasn't a divine message from source. Well, I was going to say, because what you also told us from, like, the... the um, that session that you had with someone where they said yeah. like your soul origin I think that that person was from that home planet would you yeah. mind like sharing a little bit about that because Ooh, it's just no, <laughs> let's not get at all. straight into oh it oh my god let's get really fucking weird right off the hop yeah, yeah. okay so I have um, and it's interesting because I've had I work with many psychics I work with many mediums mm. and many of them have just not been able to to place it Right. Like they can feel that there's something weird about. I mean, look at me. You can tell there's something weird about me. Let's be real. We love it. Yeah. I'm here for the weird. But they can always feel it. They Mm -hmm. always know. And but they don't really understand why. And this was the first time I had a session with a wonderful woman who, you know, as well, you've had sessions with and literally said, like, you are literally not from this planet. Like, this is your first time here. You will never be here again. And the purpose of you coming here was for the first roughly 60 years is to learn about human emotions, human empowerment, human sexuality, because your planet does not have these things and Mm. your planet is currently at war. So you're literally here to learn these things about how humanity handles emotions, how we deal with love, how we deal with separation, grief, like the whole range and how we use that and how we alchemize that through our sexuality so I can bring these lessons back to my planet. And when I heard that, it explained so much for me because I was like, I've always, for example, past life regressions. Everybody that I know loves past life regressions. They're like, oh, this explains why this and this and this and this. And it just gives them so much certainty and clarity. And it's this thing that I've just like never 
wanted to do. I've just been like, I don't know. I've just, it's not that I've been repulsed by it. I've just literally never felt a calling for it ever Mm. in my life. And I just felt like, oh, well, that explains so much about me. That explains the high energy levels. That explains part of the reason why I'm so weird. Also, a lot of the trauma that happened to me as a child is is well explained by that because I don't know how to human, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a complete learning, like yeah. fully just thrown into the deep end and just like swim. Yes. This is the definition of a starseed, you know, mm-hmm. someone that has come to this planet to, well, in your instance, like re- like learn a load of things to bring back but it's also to raise the consciousness of this planet you know it's a a lot of starseed's missions and it's something that i I believe that i'm a starseed as well which is why when i heard this i was like oh (laughs) we are gonna be best friends yeah um and it's it's just mind-blowing to me because you know to really meet someone that has that connection with this as well and Mm. just to see how deeply it it impacts your dharma Mm -hmm. and how you're so living your purpose you know Mm. it's like everything that you're doing around you know sex eroticism it's like this is the full human expression like you can't get more human than like learning to understand how to use your pleasure yes exactly and she didn't this woman had no idea like she had not looked me up on instagram you know we didn't tell her in advance what our businesses were like she literally had no clue so when i told her what i do like as an erotic alchemist and you know a sexual empowerment guide she just she almost fell over she's like well you're (laughs) living your purpose like you're set (laughs) you've got your shit figured out and i was like great that's like that's really nice to know i figured it out by 35. yeah a hundred percent wow okay so can you talk us a little bit through some of the things that you actually do with your clients like Mm -hmm. how does this actually bleed into your business now Yeah, and my business looks a lot of different ways depending on the nature. I have, you know, of course, one-on-one sessions. I have courses. At the end of the day, I am not, and this is another reason why I love your work, I'm not the type of person that's like, you have to do it my way so that you can become me. I know a lot of people do not want to become me. (laughs) They don't want to live my lifestyle, a weird lifestyle. However, they do want their sexual empowerment and whatever that means for them, whatever that expression means for them. So depending on what they're looking for and how they choose to come into my space, it's always going to be very, very embodied. I don't do talk therapy. I do have a degree in psychology. And quite frankly, I think talk therapy is a joke. It doesn't work. It quite frequently re-traumatizes you most of the time, unless you're with somebody very, very, very skilled that's also giving you integration steps, which Mm -hmm. they usually don't, right? It's like, come here, vent for half an hour to an hour, scream at your partner, and then get the Mm -hmm. fuck out and go deal with it. See you in a week or two weeks. Oh, sorry, we can't fit you in for another month. Right. And now you (laughs) just have to sit in it and it's okay one of the things I hear from people so much about talk therapy is well I left feeling worse Mm. than when I got there yeah and that's not necessarily a bad thing because you're bringing shit up and you have to feel it to heal it yeah right so sometimes when people leave sessions with me they also don't feel great because they've just journeyed this like major release of grief or healing of trauma in their womb or sexual trauma or you know like I see in my work a lot of really dark stuff. I see a lot of rape victims. I see a lot of pedophiles. I see a lot of really, really deep stuff. And I see a lot of really good stuff. All of this can be healed. Mm. But going through the process doesn't always feel good. The difference being that you get integration steps from me. You know how to journey. You're you're prepared. You're held in a container regardless of how you come into my space. This is why I don't actually do exclusively digital content. Mm -hmm. It's always got a live component. 
because I know how important that is for you to actually surrender to the process and heal. Mm -hmm. So when I'm working with people, whether it's a like a digital course, there will always be a live component. All of my one on one coaching is live. I like to do in person when I can and really holding people through. Okay, let's activate your sexual energy and then let's just see what shakes out. Mm -hmm. Once it's activated, it it's got a mind of its own. It's not up to me to guide it because it's the guide. Yeah. And I'm really creating the safe space for you to hold. Like my job is to hold you mm. as the sexual energy heals you, mm. right? So to teach you, this is how you're going to activate it. Here's the types of things that might happen. It's almost like breath work, right? Like when you talk, uh, talk about breath work, breath work is the breath healing you. Right. The guide is not doing the breathing for you. The guide is holding space for you to be able to go deep and the breath does the healing. This is very much the same thing. I teach you how to activate your pleasure, activate your sexuality, and then that does the healing for you. Mm. And every now and then there's some mindset reframes and things, you know, like we're a little bit afraid to drop into certain spaces. There's some communication, especially when we're dealing with couples. I do a lot of, you know, how do you share what you've gone through without traumatizing your partner, right? Like, yeah. hey, I just discovered mm -hmm. that I got raped when I was six. These are the types of things that come up. Mm -hmm. That's really scary for a partner to receive. So we also talk about how do we communicate this? How do we not make it mean things about uh, ourselves or, hey, I don't feel validated by you or, hey, my womb is completely shut off by you because you've been watching porn too much, as an example, mm -hmm. or I don't know why my womb is shut off, but I'm actually kind of repulsed by you. These are the types of things that can come up in couples containers as well mm -hmm. and how to communicate and navigate that in a way where nobody's feelings are getting hurt, but you're still being felt and seen and heard is also a big part of my work. Mm. It sounds like it almost feels like a web. You know, like there's so mm -hmm. many different like places that you can go with this. And so yeah. you hear the word like sexual mystic, you know, mm -hmm. erotic, erotic coach. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, OK, cool. She helps people turn on their pleasure. And then you hear about all this other stuff. And yeah. it's like, you know, this is this is kind of in order to get that sexual energy, you actually need to go into the darkness and like mm -hmm. heal the darkness so that you mm -hmm. can come into the light. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you really, I mean, that's why I have one of my tattoos here is an arrow, which is representative of sometimes you have to go back so that mm. you can shoot forward. Ooh. You have to be willing to pull yourself backwards and go through why am I not already my natural state, mm -hmm. right? Because being fully sexually and sovereign is our natural state. That mm -hmm. is every human's natural state. If you are not there, which let's be honest, probably 99.9% .9 of the human population is not, yeah. there's a reason there's traumas, there's stories, there's beliefs, there's lots of different reasons. And so we need to clear those because then you'll just, it'll happen naturally. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. And I think one of the biggest things, because you, you say 99%, and, and it's true because of the societal programming around sex, which I yeah. guess kind of like comes into porn and everything. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to sort of talk on that a little bit and like how is our society's understanding of like sex and the way that we view like our bodies as women, how we view sex like with mm -hmm. a partner, how does that actually impact our sexual, sexual energy? I mean, it's so limited. Like we've put sexual energy into this tiny little box that is 10% of what it is capable of. When a woman or a man is oozing with sexual energy, the question really becomes, where does sex start and end? Because everything in life becomes sexual. Everything in life can become erotic. You can be walking down the street and feel the breeze of the wind on your hair, and that can be highly erotic. 
And that's a good thing. And we have this fear of like, oh, I can only be erotic when I'm in the bedroom. I can only be turned on when I'm in the bedroom. Some people, it can't even be the living room. It has to be the bedroom, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We have these stories of like, you're not allowed to feel like this unless you're in this specific space and probably with this type of a partner, Yeah. right? Yeah. That is so limiting. And really, conspiracy theory maybe a little bit, but strong belief here, like that I don't I don't subscribe to like the patriarchy doing this intentionally. That's not the belief field that I have, but it is definitely an effect of, right? I don't like to say, oh, okay, the patriarchy did this and it ruined us. That's not my my vibe. I feel like that's a very victim mentality and it doesn't allow us to get empowered and to make a change other than just like, well, let's just hate the men, right? It's not helping yeah. us. It's not doing us any good. Mm. But we do have to recognize the influence of a male-dominated leadership structure and one that was fearful of sex. If we look at how patriarchy really developed in society, we look at, well, a lot of it had to do with the, you know, Catholic and Christian churches. I'm French Roman Catholic, by the way, just before anyone starts to hate on me. So I was raised in this. (laughs) So I'm speaking with a little bit of authority there, too. Um, It's super important to recognize that when they were taking over and it was evolving through the world, when these religions were evolving through the world, they were taking, you know, paganism, which and indigenous cultures, which are all highly involved in sex magic and different fertility rights for not just for sex, but for things like abundance, harvest, fertility of their animals, because Mm -hmm. fertility and sexual energy, it's not just about creating babies. It's about creating anything, a painting money, impact, right? Or again, when we're looking at, you know, indigenous tribes, like harvest, crops, animals, right? Mm. This is all fertility. And those rights were demonized and made wrong. And because they are really, even in Tantra, we talk about like really the powers from in the woman. And so as we moved into this, well, the man is the power. I don't know that they necessarily intentionally suppressed, but the byproduct is suppression. Mm. Absolutely. Right? Because they say, I remember reading something where it was like part of the fear came from because men realized that women carried the bloodline. Yeah. And because we carry the child. So, you know, in this day and age, we as women take the man's name. Um, Mrs. is literally misters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about property. So mm-hmm. um, we literally become the property of the man. That's what, what marriage was initially all about. Correct. And that started happening because they realized you know, they, I'm I'm speaking kind of ambiguously here, whoever mm. they are, realized that we could just take our bloodline and go somewhere else. And so that's when they started using chastity belts, okay? Mm-hmm. Locking you, you know, that's where the witching like culture actually started, you know, okay, if you've got sexual energy, you're a witch, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, let us drown or burn you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let us make you suffer for like experiencing your sexual energy. Yep. And if we know anything as well about like generational trauma, you know, we can hold like trauma in our bodies from like 800 years, like in like familial lines. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if we have like an ancestor that was like fucking burned at the stake because they were they had sexual energy and they were being promiscuous mm-hmm. or whatever, which is just normal. We'll still carry that today. Correct. Yeah, it's carried not just in ourselves, but it's also in our womb. It's also in our psyche. And even if our bloodline doesn't have it, we're now in a space of consciousness where enough of us are aware of the witch trials of the burnings that I I genuinely believe that every single woman on this planet has some variety of a witch wound, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise, you would be speaking your truth because at the end of the day, a witch wound is a fear of being seen in your power. 
Yeah. And yeah. a sexually empowered woman is in her power. And that's why it's scary because you know what? The feminine, it's not controllable. It's not predictable, mm-hmm. right? It's intuitive. It's illogical. It's emotional. Like, look at the relationship we have and humans have to the feminine emotions, right? Especially in corporate, it's a perfect example. Well, if you shed one tear, then how dare you in a meeting? Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if somebody's screaming at you. Yeah, we will strip you of your authority. Yep. We will make you feel worse in yourself. Let's have a disciplinary meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And I mean, luckily I never had that, but I was so shut down. Like, I had friends tell me that they would be terrified if I got to the point where I was crying, they would think the world was ending because mm. I was so shut down in my emotions in corporate as a wow. protection mechanism. Yeah. Because that's what's needed to survive in the majority of the corporate environment for women. Yeah. So when we look at, again, this idea of how women's power, okay, well, your sexuality is not your own. It can be taken from you at any moment just because you wore the wrong skirt. Yeah. And it'll be your fault for it. And if you express your emotions in your family to your partner, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. If you express your emotions in corporate, you're unstable, mm-hmm. right? The only place you're safe to have any feelings is either as a child. And even then, big girls don't cry. Yep. S- stiffen that upper lip. That's what it is in the UK. Stiffen <laughs> the upper lip. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and here it's big girls don't cry. Mm-hmm. So all of these stories... You know, you're lucky if you have a circle of girlfriends mm-hmm. that you can be yourself around. Yeah. And maybe, and this is one of the things I loved about passion parties when I was doing it because it was women's only most of the time. And it was so cool for me to be around a bunch of women that were willing to talk about dildos. Yeah. And willing to talk about sex. I was like, this is great. Like, yeah. this exists on this Soul planet. family. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And it didn't matter. Like, I was 19. Sometimes they were 60, 65, 70 years old. So it gave me this really cool expression and this new indoctrination into what is possible in the human experience yeah but it shouldn't be something that we have to hide Mm. it shouldn't be some it shouldn't be something that i have to be mindful of how i word it on instagram right like the number of times i've had to be okay i can't even say the word sex i have to put a dash in the middle (laughs) (laughs) otherwise nobody sees the damn thing and even then half the time they don't right like these types of things and yet I see pictures of cocks on my Instagram all the time. And I'm like, how can I not write the word sex? But there's like a watercolor picture of a penis, which I appreciate. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just that the lack of balance is all about this. This women's energy is not allowed to really be in its power mm. because we're uncontrollable. Yeah. We're fucking uncontrollable. And I believe that's a good fucking thing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of what makes the dark feminine is the intensity. Yes. You know, it is the depth. Mm-hmm. It is the parts of us that are not deemed acceptable by society. Yeah. But is wrapped up in the dark feminine. You know, feminine often people are thinking of like, you know, pink and um, roses and like floaty dresses and and that's it and yeah. crying all the time you know it's like dark feminine baking so, cookies yeah baking <laughs> cookies taking care of like your partner or whatever. yeah and it's like that can be feminine energy for sure it's light feminine yeah, yeah but it's like the dark feminine it's like the real that's where we're really women like if you think mm-hmm. about even childbirth mm-hmm. like childbirth is like where you are your fullest expression if you're doing like a natural childbirth. I, yep. I have not given birth, so obviously me just, neither. Yeah. But yeah. You know. we're going to talk on it because <laughs> I, I find it fascinating. But you know, if you watch women giving birth in that moment, it is the one time that they are roaring from a place which is just so authentic. Mm-hmm. There is no mask, there is no barriers, there is no like, oh, I've got to perform, I've got to keep myself in a box. It's like all your inhibitions go out the window, mm-hmm. and you are just primal you are screaming you are just wanting to release and get through Mm -hmm. that 
is literally female expression. Yep. Well, and it's the death and the rebirth process, too. Yeah. And I feel that that's also a reason that the women's, um, the dark feminine in particular, has been so suppressed is because we just are, we're fucking terrified of death. Mm. I mean, look at what we just went through in the last four years just to avoid the premise that people might die. And I'm not saying people should, but this idea of death is so terrifying to us, mm-hmm. right? The the moving on, I mean, in North America, I don't know what it's like in the UK, but in North America, people get old and a little bit frail. We put them in a home where we don't have to look at them yeah, because we just can't handle the idea of like aging and death and the, the mortality just slapping us in the face all the time. Mm. So we just put them in a home and don't visit them, yeah, right? Which is so inhumane we're so afraid of our own mortality which is just a fact of life and that is a very very dark feminine principle too like that Mm. magic the fire the creativity is dark feminine but so is the death and rebirth and transformation process and Mm. that scares the shit out of people oh absolutely it used to scare the shit out of me yeah because because we it's not just like um, the death and rebirth that we go through in life. Like we're literally born and then we die at the end. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's also like we go through evolutions. You know, I think the Phoenix was like an analogy that we kept on coming back to over yes. the mastermind re- uh, um, weekend that we had because it's like the death and the rebirth is just constant. Yeah. You know, we go through, when we go through breakups, when we go through life events, when we leave a job, we will shed a part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And people that aren't willing to release that part, that mm-hmm. aren't willing to allow certain parts of them to die are the people that get trapped in yep. like certain ways of thinking in like certain traumas yes because they're not willing to allow a part of them to die in order for a new version of them to be born well this is what people don't realize is that we're here to grow yeah look at nature humans are part of nature as much as we like to pretend that we're not yeah humans are part of nature no part of nature is ever stagnant The wind always blows, the sun always turns, water always flows, trees never stop growing, right? They never, if they do, they're dead. They're Mm -hmm. literally either growing or dying. Everything is in this beautiful cycle of constant evolution over and over and over and over again. And then we think, oh, but we've created permanence. Mm -hmm. We have buildings, Mm -hmm. right? And we get really stuck in fearing of change in general Mm -hmm. and just okay I've decided who I am I'm gonna have this career I'm gonna do this thing I'm gonna have these kids this is what my life is gonna look like that's all ego oh yeah by 31 I'm gonna be all set I'm gonna have two kids that was my plan I'm gonna be married I'm gonna have two kids (laughs) yeah I was 28 I was thinking 28 (laughs) yeah yeah. two and a half kids you know the standard (laughs) yeah 100% oh my god how things change (laughs) right and thankfully and I'm grateful that they did I'm grateful that I had my awakening before I was so locked into marriage, kids, house. Like when my awakening occurred, I was in a place where the transformation was actually, I mean, I'm not going to say it was fun because it fucking wasn't, Mm. but it was easy in the sense that I didn't have to deal with things like, you know, child court law (laughs) and, and, you know, financial separation and asset separation. Like those types of things were very easeful. And I do recognize that sometimes growth, brings those things on. Mm. And one of the biggest fears that I hear from women actually such as yourself, and I I heard this from a lot of the partnered women over the last few days that we were chatting with, one of their greatest fears is that if they transform and if they truly become themselves, they will no longer resonate with their partner. Mm. Yeah. I hear that all the time. Yeah, that was a huge one for me in my last relationship, actually. Mm -hmm. I was worried that if I 
went too far down the personal development track that you know we'd end up breaking up and we did mm-hmm. and it was that thing where something needed it needed to die for me to now find my now partner where we're both yep. developing together yep. and it's so true because I I have clients where this is a real thing where it's like shit all of this stuff is coming up I don't know whether my partner will want to grow with me yeah and they might not yeah and that really is their choice yeah but who are you to hold back who you were meant to be and to be and be a smaller version of yourself to keep somebody else happy. Yeah. Because what you're doing there is a you're just minimizing yourself and you're not reaching your soul's purpose mm-hmm. by doing that. So you're harming yourself, you're harming your family, you're harming the mental the people you're meant to impact, but you're also enabling your partner's lack of growth. Yeah. By doing that. It's actually a very selfish thing mm. to stop growing in order to save a relationship because what you're saying is I'm removing, I'm too uncomfortable to be willing to cause change in you. Mm, wow. Yeah. That's a mic drop moment. Yeah. <laughs> drop. <Yeah. laughs> wow. That is so true. I mean, they do say that the people pleaser can often be like actually a very selfish like way of being. It is a selfish though, way of being. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, even though like you, you feel like you're doing it for other people, you're robbing yourself yeah. so hard and then you're actually robbing other people of like their truest expression too. Mm-hmm. It is actually a very innately selfish way of being. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from like a, a recovered recovering <laughs> people please are like still in the process are we ever healed yeah. um but you know it's like it's it really has been so confronting for me to realize oh wow actually all of those times that i just did what everyone else wanted me to do i was actually being incredibly selfish because mm-hmm. your need to be liked and to be the the good girl this is really a good girl syndrome right yes the need to be the good girl is overriding your own personal authority and what you were meant to do but you're choosing that because you'd rather be perceived as right good whatever the case might be i actually just wrote a blog post for wild magazine about the good girl syndrome Mm. and how dangerous it is to society yeah yeah a hundred percent okay i want to bring this back to um sex and and the link that sex has on like everything that we have Mm. and everything that we do and Mm. you know i know that you specifically help people to unlock their sexual powers that you know mainly for entrepreneurs yes and so i'm really curious to know what the impact is between sex and refinding that sexual power with business Mm -hmm. i mean i always say that the way you do sex is the way you do life So the more expressed you are in the bedroom, the more expressed you are in your erotic energy, the more expressed and powerful you will be in your business. And when we're talking to entrepreneurs specifically, I know you speak a lot to content creation. You speak a lot to how people are showing up and how they're showing up is or is not an authentic expression of their sexuality. Mm, Wow. Right? So whether you are showing up in the bright colors that you want to wear because that's your innate like, ooh, this feels juicy, this feels delicious, this feels yummy to me, or you're showing up in black because that's the professional thing that Steve Jobs wore, Mm. right? What is your branding around? Is your branding actually an authentic expression of who you are? Because that's That's who you're meant to show up as in the world, right? Again, when we're dealing with soul-led entrepreneurs, you're not fucking Steve Jobs. You're not Elon Musk. You're not building Tesla. You're building a business that's an embodiment of who you are. Mm. If you are not embodied, how is that business ever going to reach its full potential? Mm. It can't. Yeah, 100%. And I I can absolutely vouch for this in that 
um, when I first started my business and mm -hmm. was completely disconnected from my womb space, from my creative, my creativity, my brand was beige. Yeah. Like as in literally beige colors, mm -hmm. like didn't have any color, had no, had just nothing. Like if you actually even scroll back through my whole Instagram, it's literally mm -hmm. just like beige, 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 beige. <laughs> Beautiful soul. If you are feeling lit up listening to this podcast episode right now, and you are thinking to yourself, what is the next step? I need some accountability to implement what I am learning right now and a partner with as I scale my purpose and mission fuel business, I wanna to talk to you about a very special container of mine. It is called the House Mastermind, and it is a one-year experience for purpose and mission-driven entrepreneurs that are wanting to become a feminine authority online, make money in integrity, and become known and sold out for an incredible reputation that they built in their industry. This is for people that are newer or growing coaches and are looking to scale to 10 to 30 months through attraction marketing, building a magnetic brand, feminine lean back selling, and becoming the authority on the inside out. Not only do you get access to all of my programs, all of my trainings, and anything else that I decide to run live for the entire year that you are in the container, you also get me personally giving you coaching every single month in group coaching calls. We have co-coaching that happens for your mindset. We have a community-led telegram group so if you have been on the fence about joining the house mastermind, this is the time to make a move. If you have any questions, you can message me at Haley June Lloyd on Instagram, and we can have a voice note together about whether this is the right fit for you. I hope to see you inside. It has been through reconnecting with my womb space and that mm -hmm. sexual energy that I found, like my brand colors, you know, how mm -hmm. I want to express myself, what I'm really interested in and mm -hmm. owning them. Mm -hmm. And that has allowed my brand to stand out, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I, I get messages all the time from people being like, oh, I've never seen a brand that looks like yours. And I'm just like, it's because it's me. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. And this is what you want, right? Yeah. It should be like, wow, when, when your friend from childhood looks at your website, they should be like, that's Haley. Mm, yeah. Right? Assuming that you were yourself as a child, but most of us were, right? Yeah. That's kind of what you're looking for. So if you're building, you know, beiges or is, honestly, when I built the first round of my website too, I wanted it to be this like soft, luxurious, so it's like blacks and whites and a little bit of gold. And now it's like purple, red, pink. I mean, it's a whole bunch of different colors. It makes no logical sense. My branding people hate me. Yeah. They're like, you can't put those colors together. I was like, watch me. Yeah. <laughs> you Good luck stopping me. me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, well, you don't run the website. I'm like, where's the login credentials? I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> Not that difficult to work with. Um, but yeah, you, you get to choose. You get to be yourself. You get to be playful, mm. right? Like when was the last time you actually allowed yourself to play even? Because mm. that's also a very sexual energy. Yeah. And so the more we allow ourselves to expand into states of pleasure, states of sexuality, states of eroticism, first in the bedroom, and then expanding that into, well, what if I was turned on while I was doing the dishes? Mm. What if I was like dripping wet while I picked my brand colors? Mm. What if my brand colors got me turned on, mm. right? Like that's the type of lifestyle we want because when you're in that space, you're really truly creating from your feminine essence. And this is available for men too, but it's the feminine energy. And you're creating from true creativity, which is your sacral energy. Like your creative energy literally comes from your sacral. It's the creative center of your body. So if you're shut down in your sexuality, you're by nature shut down in your creativity. You literally have to be. Mm. So the more we can expand and, and embody our sexual fire, the more we show up in business as ourselves, 
Also, a lot of the work that I teach is based on tantric and Taoist practices that increase your auric field, that increase your magnetism. So it's not just about, I don't teach, me personally, just about, okay, have a bunch of clitoral orgasms, have a bunch of ejaculatory orgasms and shoot it out your body. I'm also teaching you, how do you pull that energy in and up? So Mm -hmm. you're actually building a reservoir of extra extra energy and it makes you fucking magnetic. Mm -hmm. So not only are you more yourself, but you're literally a magnet for opportunities, for people. It's like manifesting on steroids. So you kind of get a one-two punch when you work with me as an entrepreneur where you're just all of a sudden you're attracting all of these things and you're like, oh my God, where did all this come from? It's like, oh, it's because you're doing cervical orgasms because you're actually circulating the energy through your body instead of just shooting it out the bottom constantly Mm -hmm. as well as you're becoming more of yourself and when you do both of those at the same time it's unbelievable the transformation that happens in your life okay I want to go a little bit deeper into this because I think the majority potentially of women that are listening to this podcast um, maybe were like me and thought that you know clitoral orgasms were like (laughs) the best um from spending the weekend with you i now know that is not the case yeah um and so i would love you to deep dive into what are the different types of like orgasms that we can have Mm -hmm. why are some of them different i was very stunned to sort of learn that you don't really have clitoral orgasms anymore you choose to have a different type so could you explain a little bit about that yes absolutely so as far as different types of orgasms are concerned i mean name a body part you can have an orgasm from that, Mm. right? And if you talk to most people, they'll say there's seven. They'll say, okay, you can have anal. And then there's three or four, depending on who you ask, three or four different ones in the uh, vaginal canal, nipple gasms. So they'll give you somewhere between six and seven. But the truth is you can literally have eargasms. You can have hairgasms. You can have footgasms. I mean, anyone with a foot fetish will know that, right? So any part of your body has the capacity of holding incredible amounts of pleasure that will put your system into an orgasmic state. The idea that you can only have clitoral orgasms is, I mean, let me slow down here for a second and be very clear that clitoral orgasms are better than no orgasm. And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to say like never have, just like I would never say never use a vibrator ever again. I'm not here for dogmatic rules. A lot of people in the sacred sexuality space are. That's not my vibe. Mm -hmm. I am not here to say like this is bad or this is wrong. Um, But there is more available to you. Mm. And I do consciously choose not to have them because to me, I know how to have other orgasms and it's wasteful. Mm. The reason for that for me is because clitoral orgasms, as well as ejaculation for men, is shooting the energy out. So the energy is leaving your body. So you've now just spent, I mean, hopefully longer than five minutes, but somewhere between five minutes and an hour, maybe two to three hours if you're having an extra good day, building up all of this sacred sexual energy, really pumping your system full, like you're pumping up a balloon, and then you just decided to let it go. Mm. And you're like, oh, cool, look at it go. Like, that was fun. And it's done. Then the balloon is limp and dead on the floor. And you're like, cool, let's go to bed. Mm. It's basically what you're doing with a clitoral orgasm. Again, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you're looking to really maximize your healing capacity, maximize your transformative capacity, and increase your magnetic field so that this can be something that is changing your life and that is part of your being, then you want to pull it in and up. 
Mm. And the way to do that is ideally through cervical orgasms. There's also A-spot orgasms and G-spot orgasms, both of those being within like different points within the vaginal walls, G-spot, then A-spot, then cervical. Your best bet is with your cervix because your cervix will activate your spine to naturally pull the muscles to naturally in your perineum to naturally pull the energy up. Mm. So when we're seeing, if you've been in the sacred sexuality space for any amount of time, you've seen two lovers probably in yab yum, so facing each other with their legs around each other and like a serpent imagery kind of going up the spine signifying for most people kundalini energy when you're doing that that's basically what's happening is the energy is getting sucked in and up it's activating your cerebral spinal fluid which from a scientific perspective we know literally is the reason you have a magnetic field so this has now been scientifically proven that your cerebral spinal fluid is the reason for the magnetic charge that a human has in their body Mm. and it runs from the base of the spine the perineum all the way up through the pineal gland which we've also scientifically proven is how we connect to transcendental states, where DMT comes from, how we dream, right? Where we get those big downloads. And it literally washes the pineal gland and then moves back down. And the speed at which that moves through your body determines how high of a magnetic field you have. So the more times you can get into these cervical orgasm type situations or one of the practices that one that I was teaching you is just pumping it naturally. So it's teaching your body how to do it uh, allows you to literally like literally charge your own battery from Mm -hmm. a scientific perspective. But it also then from a metaphysical perspective and from a spiritual perspective gives you the possibility of accessing transcendental states of recalibrating your energy of getting the healing energy moving and really touching the face of God with your orgasm, source, universe, Mm. whatever word you want to use, you can have these 30-minute, two-hour, three-hour-long orgasms when your body really practices, and it completely changes your life in just that one orgasm. So why wouldn't you want (laughs) to focus on that versus, you know, the clitoral orgasm kind of feels like a sneeze. Mm. So it's good to start, but, you know, there's more available. Mm. So how would we start this process? Because this may be something that a lot of people are like hearing for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like I was over the weekend of being like, okay, where do I start? Like, how do I, how do I know what I'm looking for? Mm -hmm. You know, how can I feel safe to do that in my body? Yeah. And I'll give the same practice that I taught you guys, which is a variation of tantric tumo. So if you were to Google, you'll see this is my own kind of variation of it. Essentially, what you want to do is give yourself five minutes a day, ideally in the morning, because this is a very energizing practice. So you don't really want to do it right before bed. And this will really build your energy field. And it's very easy. And consistency is more important than duration. So five minutes a day, two minutes a day, every day is more important than a 30-minute session once a week, as an example. And what you want to do is breathe all of your breath out, as deep out as you can. So you're completely and totally empty. And then while you're empty, you're going to hold it empty and you're going to flex your perineum up. For those who are not familiar, it's basically like stopping your pee. So you're going to pull your vaginal walls up. can feel sometimes like pulling your anus up too. That's fine. You're going to pull that up so you get a lock called a bandha lock. And then once that's locked, you're going to imagine that you are breathing in through a straw and almost wringing all of your muscles super tight as you breathe in. So you're going to feel all of this pressure. It's like you're kind of wringing a towel up like this as you're breathing up. So your whole body will kind of get tense. What you're doing is you're showing the the breath to go up the spine instead of filling the stomach. We don't actually want it filling the lungs. We want it. We want to be directing the energy up. So you want to do all of this when you're breathing 
when you're still holding your breath. At this point, you're going to be breathing in. You're going to be breathing in. Sucking in as if you're sucking in through a straw after your perineum is locked. So you're breathing in as you're and pulling the air up your body, essentially. At some point, you're going to feel full, which will be way sooner than normal because you're holding everything so tight and you're not really breathing into your lungs. And you're going to visualize your pineal gland because that's the top part of your uh, cerebral spinal fluid area. And then you're going to pump, holding it full, pump your perineum as many times as you can. And you should actually see your stomach, like you can kind of see it in Haley's stomach right now, is actually like flexing. You should be able to actually see it. Do that as many times as you can until you literally can't hold your breath anymore. When you have to, you release. And then this might make you a little lightheaded. So take a couple deep breaths of regular breathing. And then you just do it again. And however many rounds, for some people, you might only get in five minutes. You might only get through four or five times of that, Mm. right? Especially if you can hold your breath for a long time and you're doing a lot of pumping. The reason this is the beginning of having an uh, energetic orgasm is because you're teaching your body, just like riding a bike, Mm -hmm. hey, when I'm having a cervical orgasm or an energy orgasm, like this is how it's meant to feel. Mm. So you're creating the muscle memory and you're also having the benefit of building up your energy field already because you're moving the cerebral spinal fluid by doing that. Yeah. So like you're washing your pineal gland. This is something that Joe Dispenza teaches a very similar variety as well. And I mean, I've been to his events. People have had full bliss orgasms. Like, no, it's non-sexual. Nobody's having sex at Joe Dispenza, to be Mm. clear. But I know what an orgasm, a bliss orgasm sounds like. Mm. And I can be in a room and I'll hear five or six of them from doing his variety of basically this practice because you're moving your cerebral spinal fluid. So this in and of itself can be enough to activate an energetic orgasm and transcendental state, a, a divine bliss state. But the cool thing is just by doing this every single day and working on expanding your pleasure potential. So, you know, playing with different positions, having fun in the bedroom, working through if you feel that you have traumas or fears or things like that, like working with someone to work through those, you don't actually need to teach yourself how to do it. It's just going to happen. Mm. One day you'll your partner or your toy will just hit that perfect spot And all of a sudden, and this is what happened to me, too, is all of a sudden I was like, what is my body doing? And it just does it on its own. It's like it just knows. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Just like we don't have to tell it how to breathe. We don't have to tell it how to, um, you know, urinate as an example. Your body's just like, oh, you've triggered this point. Cool. I know what to do with this. And all of a sudden Mm. you'll feel all of your muscles contracting without you consciously thinking about it. And then, boom, you're on another dimension. And having Mm -hmm. this crazy experience, you have no sense of time, you have no sense of anything. It's almost like having a plant medicine experience, honestly. Wow. Very heart opening. You come back and, Mm -hmm. you know, your body's in this bliss state. Wounds can be healed. Muscles can be healed. I've seen people heal like incredible shoulder strains, like really bad muscular problems that their chiropractor or their massage therapist just couldn't figure out just healed like that. Wow. So you get these new codes. Your body is just, your body knows how to heal. So tangibly, the effect that this is having Mm -hmm. is like huge. So I'm getting, it can heal like the physical body. You can literally have like an expanded spiritual experience and Mm -hmm. like see God, CETs maybe. Totally. (laughs) I've definitely seen a lot of aliens. (laughs) Had full alien conversations. We're going to have to go into that in a second. Okay. And then what else do we have? We've got physical um what is there anything else physical emotional healing trauma healing healing, and then becoming more of yourself becoming more of yourself right so your own self-empowerment and then the magnetic totally right and then the magnetic field as well that Mm. is just 
to give you an example, and this is funny because sometimes women really struggle with this, but when your field, when you're fully sexually empowered, I mean, I walk around in lingerie. So understand that this is not necessary though. I could be walking around in sweatpants and I have regularly, people will just pull over and be like, hey, can I get your number? Mm. Hey, can I open the door for you? Hey, can I grab that check? Like, and not just men, like women, like good things just happen to me. And it's because of this strong magnetic sexual aura. And yeah. even when I'm stuck for 90 minutes in LA traffic, I'm just like, cool, there's this, there's a reason for this. There's I'm not going to get stressed about it. Mm. So it gives you this capacity to flow through life because you know that you're so magnetically charged that only good things happen to you. And you actually build a lot of evidence of that in your own life right away. Mm. And I know a lot of women get nervous because they don't want to receive male sexual attention Mm -hmm. and that can be a big reason why they choose not to be in their sexual expression whatever that is because they're really fearful of basically being hit on which you know being raped things like that which is really just a lack of trust in their own boundaries and discernment at the Mm. end of the day and when you're sexually empowered trust me it's not going to be a problem Mm. wow i mean it's it's fascinating to hear just like all of like the physical components that this can affect like I've gone on the journey of healing my womb. I've gone on the journey of like reconnecting with my body because mm-hmm. when I was experiencing PTSD, um, I, I was very numb. So like I, I couldn't feel emotions. I couldn't feel what was going on in my body. Like I couldn't feel good emotions. I couldn't feel bad emotions. I was just numb. Yep. And um, <laughs> it wasn't until I started reconnecting with my womb that that's come back online and mm-hmm. it has let like a, a load of creative energy come up. But this is like another level. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like, I'm ready to go and talk to ETs now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's one thing I like to say is, I mean, I can teach you how to have your first orgasm and I can teach you how to womb heal, which, by the way, is another really interesting area, which you've already gone a lot on that journey. But when you start working with your sexual energy, your womb will completely change. Your PMS will go away. Mm -hmm. Your periods will, for the most part, go away. Like women are actually not meant to have like the type of period that we define as right now as normal, like five to seven days with bright red blood. Mm -hmm. That's not normal. Mm. (laughs) It's common, but it's actually not the way the human body is supposed to work. You should have one to two days of very, very light bleeding and it should be mostly mucus and it actually should be mostly brown because Mm. all of the good, healthy blood should be getting reabsorbed back into your body. Wow. This is so interesting because this is exactly what happened. And I haven't actually spoken Mm -hmm. to anyone about this. If you talk to a doctor, they'll tell you that there's something wrong with you. So don't do that. Wow. This is so interesting. So when, when I started healing from this, one of the reasons that I did actually was, yes, I had, you know, I was being re-exposed to like PTSD trauma. So something Mm -hmm. did need to happen just to make me less reactive in certain situations. But then, and I had a lot of repressed anger. It was coming out in skin conditions. You know, Mm -hmm. I had rosacea, like underskin acne really flared up and I had debilitating periods, Mm -hmm. Um, like such bad period pains, like would be in bed for sometimes up to like a week and a half, two weeks, where it was just like, constant like you know if you have one of those menstrual cups i was going through like five of those a day wow like filling them up wow it was so intense and i was just i had every you know every single kind of like pain numbing that i could possibly have i have tried and i would be like crying i'd be crying in the middle of the night just like i am in agony you know and do i have endometriosis do i have any of that i don't i I don't have any of that Mm -hmm. and it was when i started healing my womb that it started going. My mm-hmm. skin condition started slowing down. The mm-hmm. rosacea started going. And now my periods are two days. Yep. And this majority brown blood to start with and then a little bit of red towards the end. But it's like, mm-hmm. uh, 
they're so short now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy, like the impact that doing that work has had. Yeah. And really, <clears throat> when we think about like the womb is the feminine receptacle, right? So first of all, if your partners have had any um, like heavier energy when they've been with you, so that could have been heavier emotional energy, that could have been porn, that could have been like really any of their own trauma they're literally placing that inside of your womb, mm -hmm. right? So if you look at, you know, what was the nature of the energy frequency of your partners when you were sleeping with them, but it's also what's the trauma that you have? Because anytime we are scared, overwhelmed, anything, it goes into the womb, which is why women that have had a lot of um, trauma typically have like very like wide hips for their frame mm -hmm. because we're storing trauma in that sacral and the root area. Mm -hmm. So you see it in bloating. You see it in inflammation in that area. You see it literally in the womb space and, and sometimes fat gain as well. Mm -hmm. So one of the cool side effects I see for a lot of women when they start doing this work is A, their periods get way better way cleaner. They, sometimes they're a little hard at first because your body's like, oh, I can get rid of this shit I've been holding. I don't need to hold on to these unhealthy stuck emotions anymore. Um, but also their body shape completely changes. And I, I'm here for body love in whatever shape you are, but they're always so delighted. Mm. Like, wow, okay, this like, you know, that stubborn <clears throat> belly patch that we identify that all women that have had children, they just have a pooch in their sacral. That's not from having children. That's from like trauma being stored in your body, emotional mm. trauma too, from being suppressed in your voice, from not being safe to express yourself emotionally. Like all of that we as women just throw it into our womb space mm. and we expect our womb once a month to clear it all out. Mm. And it sometimes it just can't keep up. Wow. And then we end up in these states of, yeah, like debilitating pain, a super intense PMS too mm. is another sign of that, right? Wow. That's not normal. Mm. Common, but not normal. Mm. Wow, this is this is absolutely fascinating. And I can really see the magic that you are bringing is, is very needed in this world because this is such a taboo topic. This mm -hmm. is something that not enough people are talking about. But if all, in all honesty, if every single woman in the world was doing this and man, you know, was yeah. was having this conversation, we'd probably be able to collectively heal at a much like faster rate. And yes. there'd probably be a lot better energy in this world because yeah. people wouldn't be so reactive mm -hmm. all the time because we're, you know, we're essentially suppressing parts of ourselves, which is life force energy, yeah. essentially. Yep. So. I love all of this and I love that, you know, I'm really feeling your authority here. Mm. I want to take a little bit of a beeline um, and just talk a little bit about your inner authority. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to get to know you as, you know, you are currently presenting yourself as the the whimsical, incredible, very knowledgeable, in like human that just knows everything about like sex and it's, <laughs> it's incredible and I want to know the real you, you know, yeah. so that people can see you're an authority, but you're also a human. I am. So. What is one of the things that you have had to heal through, maybe even recently, that mm. affected your business, affected your authority, and really impacted you as a, as a person? Mm -hmm. You know, I've really had two really big healing journeys in the last, you know, four years since I've started my business, other than obviously my own sexual journey was a big one. But the two that have really, like, recently impacted me that I've been navigating, one is a divorce and how that impacted my business. And the other one is a really deep sisterhood wound mm. that I didn't realize I had. And so maybe we'll start with the sisterhood wound because that's the most recent one, having just come from a retreat with 15 incredible women. But I was the, you know, like I said, I was weird as a kid, you know, and I had friends, but like only a few really close ones. And even as a child, I had incredible amounts of sexual energy. 
I'm pretty convinced that my dad wanted me to be a boy because I played all boys sports. So mm. I played boys hockey, um, actually girls baseball because they wouldn't let me on the boys team. But I broke several bones playing boys hockey growing up. And so all my friends were boys. All my cousins that were my age were boys. So I was just around boys all the time. And when I did start to hang out with girls, I didn't really understand what that like, why are you different? Mm. Right? Because girls are socialized into so differently. And I, I just didn't get it. Like, what do you mean you don't like to play with trucks? And like, what do you what, what's this cattiness? And why are we so competitive? Like, guys aren't competitive. Guys punch each other in the face and they're over it. Yeah. Right. Especially boys. Like, they're not they're just not like that. Girls are fucking bitches when they're kids. Right. Or at least that was my experience. And I really struggled to build female relationships, especially as somebody that was seen as one of the guys that mm. had a lot of sexual energy that was naturally very confident because I didn't have all these past life traumas that would cause me not to be and a lot of socialization, but I didn't come with that extra weight, right? And I had this natural magnetism. I was naturally very intelligent, but I learned kind of through osmosis. I never really had to study. So there's just a lot of reasons that girls didn't like me. Mm. And even when I eventually switched from boys hockey to girls hockey, I, I remember crying to my mom, like, please put me back in boys hockey because I can't I can't play this game. This game is mean. This game is mental. Like the shit that those girls would say on the ice to each other to like get in your skin under your skin was unbelievable. And I'd mm -hmm. never I never experienced anything like that. Like boys, it was such a physical game. And with girls, it was such a mental game. Mm -hmm. And I just became very fearful of girls. I had a couple falling outs with, you know, best friends and lack of trust and sleeping around with my boyfriends. And like I had a lot of that ickiness. And by the time I hit my 20s, I was basically like, fuck women. Like, mm, yeah. what's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, like they're all so mean. <laughs> and I spent most of my life that way. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started doing my own healing and my own emotional journey and really coming back into my own femininity, because as we know, what we see on the outside is a reflection of what's on the inside. Yeah. And I started to really start to learn of, oh, if I'm only seeing catty, bitchy women on the outside, well, thank you, universe, for the mirror. What does that mean about this right here? Mm, right. Yeah. So I had to really go through really for a few years of like, where am I being a catty, bitchy human mm -hmm. to myself? Yeah. Because there's not any, a lot of other women around my space. So I don't really need to worry about like other women here. What I need to worry about is like, I'm being a fucking bitch to myself. Mm -hmm. I'm judging the shit out of myself. I have super high standards. I don't trust my own feminine energy, right? All of my dark and light feminine energy was completely wounded, completely and totally. And so I had to really go on this journey of like feeling safe crying, feeling safe, like, you know, judging myself and saying, yeah, I'm judging myself right now. And I can choose to love myself. I'm dancing in that polarity and that paradox of both. Mm -hmm. And as that started to heal, Magically, I started to have these beautiful feminine relationships coming into my life. And it's one of the reasons I'm so grateful for the event that we went to, because there was a lot of me that was afraid that nobody would like me, that I'm weird, that I would repeat the, tra the traumas of my teens and my early 20s. It was really my first time being in sisterhood in that kind of a capacity, like in 10 years. Yeah. And it was scary for me, honestly. It was one of the reasons I chose to room with somebody because I knew if I didn't, I would hide. Mm. <laughs> so I literally put myself on the edge and like put an invite out there. I was like, does anyone want to share a room? Like literally just so that I cannot be like, I'm going to go peace out in my room and then just like hang out in there the whole time because yeah. I was here to learn. Oh my God. I I'm just laughing because this is exactly my experience. Yes. 
This is why I decided to stay in the Airbnb because I was like, you know, healing that sisterhood wound as well. And I was scared. Like Mm -hmm. I was like scared. I was like, are people going to like me? It's literally like you're talking my story. So anyway, um, what Stephanie's saying is also my experience. So perfect. (laughs) Continue. We resonate on (laughs) so many levels. So many levels. (laughs) So what I think the most important thing there is to recognize like what we both did is we recognized there's a wound here. And we leaned into it. Mm -hmm. It would have been so easy for you to stay at a different hotel. Yeah. Completely. It would have been so, like, everyone's staying at the Mondrian or at the Airbnb. Cool. Let me pick something else. Mm -hmm. Would have been so easy to do that. Right? And I consciously chose not to do that. And not only to stay in the same hotel, but to stay in a room with somebody that I didn't know as a complete and total stranger. And for you to stay in an Airbnb where, like, you have limited privacy. Right. I think you had your own bathroom, though, right? In your room? No, you didn't. So you're even sharing a bathroom. Yeah. And everything you could hear what was outside the door, like inside. And so there was like a period on that first night where I was just like my control, my wanting to control my sleep came up and I was like, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. Maybe I should book a hotel. I started looking at hotels. Oh, man. You know? And then it was like I was like I had to make a conscious decision to sink into it. And I was like, just release, just surrender. You've come here for a reason. Find yeah. the magic. And I found the magic. Yes. I fucking found the magic. But it was a conscious decision. I yep. need to release this. Yeah. And you have to choose to feel it. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the things I tell my students all the time is feel the fear and do it anyways. Yeah. So feel the discomfort. And just to be like truly vulnerable, when I first got to the hotel too, I was like, you know, I could just switch and book my own room. Same yeah. thing. Right. She, My roommate wasn't even there yet. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm probably inconveniencing her. She probably didn't really want to share with me. Who would really want to share with me, right? All these fucking stories come up. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be really easy for me to just, like, book my own hotel room right now. And it's a gift to her, right? And the way that it was showing up for me was, oh, she would prefer that. Yeah. Right? Is that wow. a little bit of people-pleasing coming up again, right? Because yeah. I couldn't admit that I was fucking scared. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, but she would probably be really happy if I gifted her with this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it was really, yeah, confronting for me mm-hmm. to choose but it was perfect. Like Emma and I bonded so deeply and both of us were in a space where we needed the sisterhood. So of course, all divine, like the fact that she and I were paired together. And then the last night, I ended up loving the sisterhood so much that the last night I moved into the Airbnb because I was like, I want to be around this more. Like it was such an amazing transformation in only three days. Yeah, it really was. That was so incredible to witness. Like all of us, I think, I think it was incredibly healing for all of us. And it was just such a space of support, of being able to hold each other in each other's power as well, mm-hmm. where no one was trying to tear down, no one was judging each other. It was yeah. just so safe. It yes. was just so safe. And I honestly have not experienced that in, yeah, coming up to 10 years as well. Yeah. I don't group. know if I've experienced that ever, to be yeah. honest with you. Like that, that was so healing from the moment we like had our first practice, which really I think broke the ice really nicely for, for everyone, mm. all the way until last day when people were saying goodbye. There was so such deep love and trust and it really showed to me like this is the power of women coming together like this is what we're missing yeah 100 percent. okay talk to me a little bit about your divorce what was the things that you learned about yourself in that moment i learned that i had been completely and totally hiding Mm. even though as somebody that feels very sexually expressed very self-expressed we always have deeper layers And I learned that I have a tendency, and this even shows up in my human design, which if you look at the body and the mind graph, my mind graph is completely open, reflector. My body's a generator and you put them both together. I'm a manifesting generator. And what that means is I tend to absorb 
other people's energy. It's one of the reasons why I never had to study in school. Like I could just be in the energy of learning and it just drops in. Mm. It's also apparently I was talking to Bethany in a sign that you've never had any past lives. So I was like, oh, my human design proves it. This is amazing. Yeah. But with my divorce, the challenge that I had is the the partner, super incredible, beautiful, karmic, like really powerful, spiritual person. And I truly believe the only human on this planet that could have enabled my spiritual development the way that it needed to evolve. Like he held such a beautiful space for that and allowed me to be in the rough and in the raw and in the sexual expression. And um, lots of narcissistic tendencies mm. and lots of... Um, like emotional manipulation tendencies and not because he does it on purpose. It's just the way he's evolved. So it's not that, you know, we get really bent out of shape around like narcissism and and manipulation is like, oh, these are bad people. He's not a bad person, but he does have those tendencies. Hmm. And for me, as somebody that does tend to absorb that energy, I needed I learned that I actually really need a lot of separation as much as I love humanity and I want to be around people all the time. I need to separate so that I can see what what actually is mine mm. because I just basically became him, mm. right? So I lost myself not because, you know, he was abusing me, but because I willfully fell into him. And I had to learn even – and my sexual practices, I mean, those were great. But when you're willfully giving yourself to someone – over and over and over again, every second of every day, we were a COVID relationship. So we went from being highly independent to being locked in a 600 square foot apartment together. And you couldn't get away from each other. Like we weren't allowed to leave. Right. Mm. And so we got so entrained into each other and him being the more stable energy. This is one of the things I talk a lot about in my courses is whoever's the stable energy, the more stable energy is the one that will set the container. Mm. He was the more stable energy. I'm very like, woo, I'm flighty, flowy, right? Like more grounded than like the average uh, spiritual person, I would say, but definitely very like very flowy. And so I got pulled into his world instead of me pulling him into mine. Mm. And I had to really look at that as, okay, where did I allow my voice to get to get shut down? Mm. And where did I, especially the way that he relates to his sexual energy is a way that I personally perceive to be unhealthy. Mm. And where did I allow that to mean things that were wrong with me? Mm. Where did I allow his wandering eye to mean that I was not good enough, to mean that my body was ugly? And even as someone that feels confident in her body, when your partner doesn't have, show desire for it, that's fucking hard. Yeah. Right. So moving through all of those pieces and having to get really honest with myself about, oh, yeah, I chose this. Like, I can be mad at him all I want. But at the end of the day, I chose this. And there were a lot of really beautiful pieces and it had to be this way. And I have a lot of healing to do on that piece and a lot of womb healing. Mm. And this is one of the reasons why, for example, we talk in the spiritual community about cord cutting all the time. People say, well, you just got to cut the cords, got to cut the cords. That's not enough. Because the reason the person attaches to you, the reason there's resonance is because you have a matching frequency and a, and a matching polarity, right? It's two ends of a magnet. You could cut that cord every single day if you want. It's going to reattach the next day until you've done the healing yourself mm-hmm. to remove the magnetic charge in the first place. Mm. And that was a, a realization that I had with him as well because I was cutting cords and they weren't fucking going anywhere. <laughs> like, how is this not working? Is this a steel cord? Like, what is this? Mm. So you really learn, I think, in these these alchemical relationships so much about where is my growth still? Right. And where's my voice still? 
And where is my message? And what's really important to me? And do I even feel that I want to teach on sexuality when my whole relationship fell apart Mm. because of unhealthy sexual energy at the end of the day? That was the reason I chose to leave him was the way he was choosing to relate to his sexual energy. And I had to just say, like, I'm going to stop trying to be the teacher and I'm just going to choose to leave. Mm -hmm. And that was a very, very hard decision. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think that story in particular really shows how we can be an authority in something and still struggle with it. Yeah. It doesn't take away from your authority yeah. that you were struggling with it. And I feel like probably I would love to have you back on the podcast to like fully deep dive into like the divorce and, and you know, the things that you've been having to heal, you've, how you've managed it mm-hmm. with your business and everything. Um, but I think for today, I, I'm just so grateful that you've come on and shared so openly and honestly. I, I've learned so much just being like interviewing you again. I always do. That's why I wanted to bring you on the podcast because mm. there's so much knowledge in you. There's so much wisdom. And I really hope that, you know, people can see that Stephanie's such a prime example of a feminine authority that can at the same time be navigating difficulties and still be an authority. It doesn't make her an imposter. No. You know, it doesn't take away from your authority that you're experiencing something in any area of your life. It can actually add to it because what you're going through now, you're now going to be able to teach on. Yeah. You know, you're going to be able to bring that into your work and it's going to get to become a part of your magic. And this is the process of wisdom, of gnosis, right? And an integrity piece is so important to me is I don't just teach from books. I don't just teach from courses. I practice I embody, I experience this this experience of gnosis, of true embodied wisdom, and then I teach. Mm-hmm. So now having moved through this, like this conscious uncoupling and healing of, you know, him having a lot of uh, sexual energy that has been absorbed within me and healing from this narcissistic wound and what part of me has attracted that. I mean, I know a lot of women that need that work. Yeah. So I know I chose this so that I can embody this transformation so that I can move through this. And this will be just another place that I can help humanity evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, another mic drop moment. (laughs) Incredible. Okay. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been such a pleasure to converse with you. And thank you for traveling 90 minutes to get here. (laughs) It just means the world to me. If you could leave our audience, our listeners with one piece of advice or some words of wisdom Mm -hmm. from your authority, what Mm -hmm. would that be? Your pleasure is your power. Mm, Okay, mic drop moment. Simple, sweet, that's all we need. (laughs) I love it. Okay, where can people find you on Instagram, on your socials, and what are some of the things that you currently have going on? How can people experience your magic? Beautiful. You can find me, I basically own the name Stephanie J. So Stephanie and then J-A-I-E, that's my website. I'm on IMDb there. You've got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, like all of the places. I own that handle, thankfully. It's a unique one. Amazing. So I'm easy to find. Uh, I do hang out mostly on Instagram, though. That's kind of my my space to be in. So if you're looking to connect with me, please connect with me on Instagram. It's my favorite place to be. I do a lot of content there. As far as offerings, my one-on-one does tend to fill up really quickly. I have a wait list for that if that's something that you're looking for. Other than that, I have the Sexual Empowerment Academy. That's definitely my kind of like get your feet wet in a really holistic way. It's 12 weeks long. As I mentioned, digital hybrid. So there's live components every single week so that we can drop in. I can hold you. There's Q&As. And that really for I think for the majority of your listeners, that's going to be the place to start because it's going to take you through the emotional clearing, the womb healing, like all of that stuff that we talked about earlier that's kind of a necessary beginning 
then the pleasure potential, the pleasure expansion through the body, and then we go into sex magic at the end. Mm -hmm. So it's a really good beginner's journey. And I do work with couples as well. So those are kind of the three places. And I have lots of meditations on my website too. If you're just looking for free content, because all of this sounds a little scary, (laughs) you want something free first, I have lots of website, um, pardon me, lots of meditations on my website. So you can hit me up on Instagram. And based on what you're looking for, I can give you a, a specific meditation, which would be free. Great way to start. Beautiful. Thank you so much. We will pop all of that in the description below. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or forgot all of it, just (laughs) pop down to the description. You can click and link through straight away. And that then brings us to the end of this podcast interview. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in as well. Wherever we are looking right now, there's two cameras. Who knows? (laughs) But thank you guys so much for tuning in for um, another episode of The Hayley Lloyd Show. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. This is definitely one for the books as, as I said, this is a topic I would not have been able to talk about just three years ago. And I hope that it's been expansive and eye-opening for you too. If you did enjoy this episode, please make sure to leave a rating and a review. And if you do do that, you can just take a screenshot of that review and you can email it to hello at hayleylloyd.com and we will send you over a free gift. So this free gift is going to be a training where I teach you how to step into your feminine authority and build authority online by being who you are, by channeling your inner authority, your inner dark feminine. That's exactly what we want to do and that is the purpose of this podcast. So again, if you want to get that free training, all you have to do is leave a rating and a review and then email a screenshot of that to hello at hayleylloyd.com and we will send that straight over to you. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast for updates whenever we post new episodes and I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye, guys.